This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer in the palatial 680 of the Fan Studios. I am Eric Quintana. Next to me, Sam Franco. Hello. Josh Bagrianski out one more week. He, uh, Druid Hills, unfortunately, didn't make it through to the, the finals of the high school state playoffs. And they he's now coaching. He's got a banquet uh, tonight. And then he's coaching. No, I think the banquet's tomorrow, and I think he's doing some sort of all-star. Yeah, coaching he's, got, he's coaching some all-star game tonight. Something, something like that. Either way. Totally deserved. Um, but we should be back to normal next week. Although, again, the, the fingers game... Fingers crossed with the game going on, yeah. yeah. So we'll see when exactly we'll have a podcast for you. But either way, we'll get something out to you. Tonight, if you're if, if you're used to us going about an hour and 15, hour and a half, we're going to go 30 minutes, and then we're done. Because we realized 30 minutes is probably just enough, especially with the short turnaround, uh, to where you guys aren't uh, feeling bombarded. Well, it's just not... It's, it's short enough to where it's not a ton of information that... Uh, that you can consume within a, a day or two. Exactly. Like that Friday night game kind of throws everything off. Yeah. So, all right, we'll start with uh, the most recent piece of news. I'm not going to say breaking news, but the most recent piece of news has come out as of today. Tito Vijadabak expected to be out for the RSL match. And picked up kinda, a knock against the Red Bulls. Picked up a knock against the Red Bulls, and we'll talk about the Kamar Lawrence, uh, Tom Barlow situation, and Romario Williams, I guess, at this point. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but... Um, it is weird. I didn't talk about this on the radio show, but it is weird that that the rumors about Tito going back to um, San Lorenzo, yeah, back to San Lorenzo, pop up as this injury comes about. I know, right? It, the timing is just weird. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm just saying the timing is weird. But uh, he picks up the knock against the Red Bulls, and let's just go ahead and dive into it. Him and Kamar Lawrence. The title of our show, Lawrence Vijalba, it just got real. If there's anything that needed to 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 fuel this quote unquote rivalry, and I I put quotes because we literally didn't call it until a rivalry until till this week. Well, it was officially because like I think you and, and I said been this on du- radio, it was bubbling. You know what I mean? Like like you could tell a rivalry was forming, or at least there was one that was possible the possibility of forming. Yeah. Then this happens and it bubbles everything over, and now I think Atlanta United, New York Red Bulls is officially. An MLS rival. I think the lid on top of the pot is, is 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 rumbling. I think the the one thing that needs to happen, something of some magnitude, needs to happen when Red Bulls come to Atlanta and face Atlanta United at home. I want to see what happens then, and that's when the lid will pop off, and that's when all hell breaks through this, and that's when I'll take the quotes off the rivalry because again, it'll be more than just three days that we've called it that. But again, I think Orlando is a rivalry that the only reason it became a rivalry is because of geography. And no, not- I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think I think I, I want to see more of this. I think that we are more rivals of Red Bull because it has been harder to compete against the Red Bulls. Yeah. It, it's I mean it's it's the anti or it's the the opposite argument we make uh people make against between for us and Orlando. Mm-hmm. It you know Orlando hasn't beaten us so is it really a rivalry until they beat us? Sure, whatever. We've beaten um the Red Bulls once, is but it, it was the one that it, counted. No, it, and it was it was the only one that really counted. And you can really say we beat them twice if you consider the the well they beat the them aggregate. over the course of the sure. tie. So it, it's it's you can you can say that 
we beat them in that sense too. So we, whatever, we held the trophy on their uh, the Eastern Conference trophy on their turf, and that's really all that matters. That counts as two, three, four, whatever, however many wins you want to count it for, um, in the short history of Atlanta United. But specifically, what happened between Kamar Lawrence and Tito Vijadba? We want to start there because that's the hottest thing that happened in this match, outside of Atlanta United losing and everything. We'll else. get to that. <laughs> um, I don't find I, I I'm. <laughs> Because the tackle itself, I thought was fine. Everything Kamar Lawrence did up until that point was perfectly legal in my in my eyes. Uh, talking specifically about the last play of the match, it was probably a harsh call for a foul. I, I didn't see the foul. I look, yeah. I watched the replay a couple times, and I'm like, ah, he he. I mean, he just clears the ball. That's essentially all he does. Uh, Tito tries to to buy the foul a little bit, given the situation they a were bit in, of simulation, and, and uh, you know, try to put his team in a better position. I I don't know. Like, I'm not convinced that that was actually called a foul. I, I, I'm more convinced that that might have been called the, the end of the game more than anything else. Now, I didn't see – I don't have – I'd have to go back and watch the game and see what ang- – because, again, I think the angle we got was of them. Because Atlanta didn't even get it the was free a, kick. Yeah, it was a close-up. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, it looks like it was supposed to be a free kick and then the, the game was blown dead because of all the extracurriculars, which I'm actually cool with. Yeah, it's fine. I'm At actually that cool point, like, it I don't just, like, just ended. I don't like that they didn't get the shot, but I, if, if I'm in that situation – if if the opposite is happening to Atlanta United and all of a sudden things start bowling over and 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 you get you got chest bumps and people grabbing uh, players across the che- chest and neck and well Tito could have ignored it and at that, but at that point I want the game to be called because it, 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 it just imagine and I'm, again I would have been so happy but imagine objectively speaking take a step back from the fandom that we all oh if Atlanta United yeah, had scored had scored oh my gosh the rubbing in the face. And then the extracurriculars after that would have just been even worse. It would have, but I'll say this: like, Atlanta United probably could have gotten the free kick off if Tito just ignores Kamar Lawrence. Like, I just, I don't, like, I, the I, Tito, I, Tito getting involved in the extracurriculars probably causes the referee to be like, "Well, at this point, they don't even care anymore, so I'm just going to call the game." I'm just, I'm just, I just think the game was over. Like, even with the foul call, sure, that it was past the 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 stop past stoppage time, so they were he was just done. He was done with the game. And I think, and that's his prerogative as the official. Yeah, I don't think that the that the extracurriculars helped. But again, I look, I'm on Tito's side here. I thought that would, Kamar Lawrence essentially barking over Tito while he's on the ground a little much. The taunting, do, the on field taunting is where you. If it's not ag- if it's not against Tito, I'm like I want to see more of this. I still do kind of want to see more of this, just not happening to Atlanta United. I think just I just in like general, I just throughout love the, the league, you want to see more fire, more passion, more aggressiveness. You want to see that kind of. As a whole, I, yeah, I want to see more of that tension build between teams. I, I think MLS, MLS is needs a league that hasn't that. really been known for that. Like you look at some of the other leagues around the world, and it's way more prevalent, it seems like, than it is in MLS. So I totally agree with you. Yeah, uh, I, I can't say for sure, and I, I would, it would be a bad job for me to speculate where this injury might have happened. Again, it does seem strange that you hear the rumors coming out of San Lorenzo about Tito. Which, oh, and I just happened to pick up a knock. Yeah, I don't know how <laughs> real those are to begin with, but whatever. I mean, when the window doesn't even open again. Yeah, Kamar Lawrence uh, picks up an undisclosed uh, fine for his uh, for hands to the face. Yeah, I never saw that area, and I I truly did not see that. I mean, again, I said this on the radio show. I'll say it again. It's very possible that the cameras didn't pick up something. Maybe, and I, I'm only using what MLS put on their uh, the video that MLS put on their website. I didn't see enough to say for sure that there was contact to the head neck area. I saw his hands in the general a, like make a motion that might have like brushed <laughs> his head, but you never I never got the sense that Tito or uh, Kamar Lawrence's hands impacted Tito's neck, face, anything like that. Yeah, Maybe I'm wrong. Got that either. But 
I would just like to see a better view of, of what would happen. Tom Barlow, he was the one that was restraining Tito uh, when things got even more heated. Um, he picks up an undisclosed fine. And then um, Romario Williams also picked up an undisclosed fine for, I think, a push. And I think he was trying to get Tom Barlow off of uh, or get him away from Tito Vichada. But Tito just absolutely went nuts after that. And look, I, as, as, as much nonsense and, and, and as Kamar Lawrence was talking, I, I don't blame – look – He's not wrong. We haven't beaten the Red Bulls when Kamar Lawrence is on the field. That's one of the ways that we were able to get past them in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you lose the way you lose in the moment you lost it. In the Eastern Conference Finals, losing the way you did, it's it's tough. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and you couldn't overcome it in the second leg. And Atlanta United holds up a trophy on your field. That 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 sucks. Especially after being supporter shield winners, you know you, you watch the team that you triumphed over in the regular season. They're going to the MLS Cup final. That that sucks, and so I'm sure it left a bad taste in Kamar Lawrence's mouth. I'm sure he was waiting for this moment. I'm sure that all that that pent up frustration boiled over, and that's what led to this this thing after the match. I'm not mad at him for it. I, again, I want to see more. Not necessarily two, two Atlanta United players, but I want to see more of this across the league. Um, I did think it was a little much, but once he did it, I was like, "All right, let's go. Let's let's see. Absolutely. Let's see some. Let's see some fire." Well, especially like when Kamar I'm not, Lawrence. I'm not talking about like fisticuffs. I'm not no. talking about uh, throwing throwing bows or anything like that. I'm just I'm talking about fire, passion. Exactly what happened on the field. I'm totally cool with everything that happened. It's like complacency is like the worst thing you can have. And so, like if Tito had just kind of brushed it off as whatever. Or, like, you know, you didn't have Romario coming in in his defense or whatever. You like to see that, too, by the way. I yeah. think, you know, I like what Romario did almost as even more than what anybody else did. Because, again, to the aid of his teammate, yeah, yeah. Helping, your, helping your teammates, you know, being there for your teammates. I think that's something that is huge and, you know, caused him to be a little lighter in the, in the uh, yeah. wallet. But, you know, whatever. Regardless, uh, Atlanta United is still going to be missing. Looks like they'll be missing Tito Vijal. But the good thing is about that is that. That spot, that position, is not a position where you're lacking for depth. There's a number of players that can fill that role. If not, you could even switch Gressel to the – well, I mean, you wouldn't even need to switch Gressel to the other side. But um, Dion Pereira could fill that role. If you want to give Carlton a shot, you can have him fill that role. You've got Justin Miram, who's, I'm sure, looking for uh, a good bit of minutes. Miram had, he's, yeah, he hadn't even like done anything really that much yet. Not yet, um, but, you know – this could be a good match Absolutely. for him to kind of kind of show up and, and show us what he's got uh, when it comes to being on the Atlanta United squad. So, I mean, this is not a position. That's not an issue where I'm I, – I, I really – against a team like RSL, I, I want him to be there. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I, I'm not happy that he's not – that he's picked up this knock, that he's not going to be – because, again, I would rather have him on the field than not. Absolutely. Assuming <laughs> – Barco's not there, and assuming Gressel's not there. Barco not being there really opens up some stuff from Tito. I'd rather have Tito in that position than anyone else. Until Justin Miram can prove me wrong, and then I'm fully going to be on Justin Miram's bandwagon. But yeah, because you hate we'll Tito. see when that happens. No, I, I don't hate Tito. <laughs> I just don't know how everyone thinks he's God's gift to soccer. That's it. Well, no, I mean, I will agree that... You if know, anything else, I'm just trying to balance out the, the uh, I don't know, the expectations. Well, he's just the, endeared the, himself to... It, it, it's not so yeah, much endearing, that I even... Endearing yourself is one thing, but... Well, I don't even think he's that great of a player. I think he's probably better than some of the times that you've given him credit for. I think what happens is, like, you talked about this with Joseph. It's like, with Joseph scoring a lot of goals, we kind of forget 
about the chances that he misses. I think with Tito Dijalba, sometimes you're looking. Yeah, when he scores a screamer against Orlando, then you're like, oh, he can he can mess up 50 times a- after this. Exactly. And no one's going to bat an eye because remember what he did against Orlando. Exactly. But I also think that he was put in a very unfair position early on by Frank DeBoer, who's like calling him out and saying that a guy who hasn't even started a game in God knows how long, Andrew Carlton, oh yeah, he's better than him in tight spaces, which is just not true. I think it's factually accurate. But... We don't have to dive into that one. No, that's fine. <laughs> that, that, we'll save that debate for another day because we're not wasting time this evening. Um, Atlanta United again, the one nothing loss. We'll t- oh, well, you know, before we do that, we want to talk about the players leaving on international duty um, in, after the next three matches. You've got or making the provisional roster. I think Pity Martinez is the only one that's actually or it's been left out of the Argentina roster, uh, which makes perfect sense because not performing well for Atlanta United uh, and really. There's so many other options that you can bring instead of him right now that are playing well, or at least at the reputation of of someone who plays well at the international level. That look, hey, Pity Martinez has got to earn that that spot. Let's and, just say, and, that, and he's yeah. not with Atlanta United. He has not earned it. The talent pool that Argentina is picking from for their national team is a little bit bigger than the United States. So much so that they can afford to leave the South American Player of the Year at home and probably be fine and probably be favorites to win yeah. the Copa America. Uh, for the Esmonds, Ashley, Brad Guzan, Darlington, Nagby, Miles Robinson, all on the provisional roster. We'll see what happens with Brad Guzan. I wouldn't expect him to go just because you have so many more, so many, so much younger, I would argue, better talent than what you got in Brad Guzan. There's no offense to Brad Guzan, but look, we're we're time to move on it's time to move on from the older guys brad guzan's one of them michael bradley's another that's a different discussion darlington nagby is a player that i'd like to see on the us Nash team on a regular basis i would like to see like him to be a almost a, a regular fixture on the us Nash team he's got at least one world cup mm-hmm. that he can go to uh he's 28 now by the next world cup uh i forget exactly how the dates match up but he's either going to be 31 to 32, still young enough to make an impact. But he wants the redemptions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the the hard times he's gone through with the U.S. men's national team in terms of his fight with Jurgen Klinsmann and really taking just a sabbatical from the international scene because he, he wasn't going to have anything to do with the Klinsmann U.S. men's national team. And now he's got a chance to to bounce back and, and sort of write his own U.S. men's national team story and, and fix or right some wrongs. And Halter, I think that's big for him. Yeah, Burr Halter knows his worth, so hopefully we we uh, see Nagby get some some much deserved time on the U.S. Men's National Team. Miles Robinson, another one where I fully expect him to make the twenty three man roster to get some substantial playing time. Um, hopefully we see him honestly regular on a regular basis in that match because as the I, I argue I argue he's the best player right best defender right now in MLS he might be best the best center defender, back the best center back that the U.S. has just just on terms of form right now he might be the best center back the U.S. has in their talent pool yeah he is doing amazing right now Romario Williams for Jamaica um he can go and play as much as he wants I'm not really worried about him he's a great depth piece for Atlanta United but obviously not someone that we're super worried about we, we want him to go. We want him to go and get as much playing time, as much experience at this level as he possibly can um, and see if he can't bring some of that spark back when he returns for, from uh, the international break. Let's talk about the match itself. one nothing loss against the Red Bulls. 11 men up until the 35th minute, down to 10 men after that. Atlanta United can't find a goal, give up one, 
to the Red Bulls, Tom Barlow, rookie center back from Royer on a great cross. Brad Guzan, maybe a misstep. Maybe you could have done better. I would argue it's a lot tougher than it looks. Yeah, on radio, it seemed like you were a little more in we, the we can, we can, Yeah, we can get into that one a little bit, but let's yeah. talk about Pity Martinez. Oh, okay, cool. Because that's I was going to say, that's what the YouTube commenters want us to talk about right now is Pity Martinez. Pity Martinez <laughs> is... Uh, I think I think we've been bamboozled. I think we've been bamboozled. I think See, that you're starting to sound I, like I was sounding with Barco last year. You're, you're not. Is it is it not fair to make that comparison because PT's older and more experienced? I I think so. Look, when you're when you're as young as Barco is, and you make that make a move like that for for with all the expectations that's come at, at that young of an age, yeah, I I would expect that. I understand what happened with with Pity. And and taking a year to get used to playing with his new team. Well, plus but, the delay in him actually getting here or whatever with with the, the I just, elongated transfer of Almiron and look, all that. You're stuff. a professional. You're a, you're a South American Player of the Year. You should be able to walk in MLS and at the very least make some kind of an impact. And I'm not saying he's been absolute trash this entire this entire he season. Scored a pretty so nice goal. I I I I grant him that he he earned, deserves credit for the goal. But man, it, it's just. It's starting to get to the point where I'm like, and I still think it's still a little early. I said I think we've been bamboozled. I'm not gonna say for sure, but you're leaning towards a bamboozling. I'm definitely on that side of the okay. aisle right now. <laughs> I'm willing to walk back over, but I'm definitely on that <laughs> side of the aisle. And I, I just, I don't think, I just think it doesn't matter what what system you play in, how you're used. You should be able to walk into MLS as a South American Player of the Year, as someone with all the hype and expectations and. And and YouTube clips and all that stuff, and at least give us something a little more than what he's given us. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's coming into an entirely different system. I mean, there's not a whole lot of possession-based soccer team like like the, the, that's not what they do sure. in South America. I get that, but he's also not <laughs> someone that's living off of his speed or living off oh, of, of his breakaway not. ability or living off of his. Uh, I mean, he's living there off a his... few times in the Red Bulls, but he looked slow. Oh, I know. He, he's living off of the way he can pass, the way he can switch the field, the way his vision. Uh, he lives off that stuff. That's what I expected to see, and I don't even see that. Yeah, on the ball, he doesn't have breakaway speed. Like that's something that I think when you're just so used to seeing like what Miguel Almiron does. I mean, there was one play I remember. Somebody tried to play a ball into space for Pity against Red Bulls. I can't remember who it was. And like he's trying to run onto the ball, and like somebody came from behind, like one of the Red Bulls defenders, and like lapped. I mean, it, it was absurd. And it's just like I don't know if he's being tentative or that's just not you know his thing. But it just on tape down at River Plate, he looked so much faster. I I I I can't explain it. I really can't explain it because again, he looked great in in the games that we watched before he came over to Atlanta United he looks great on film but I, I can't explain why it just doesn't fit the same way the only difference is that he's he, I feel like he played more of a winger with River Plate now he's asked to be more of a number 10 um if that's not the case look I'm still willing to give him time like I'm willing to give him into after the all after the all-star break but at some point you got to look at what you got and think okay well maybe we should switch Barco and and pity now I know Barco's not here Switch Barco and Pity so that we can see what this looks like with Barco as the number 10, someone that can move a little quicker, maybe is not Almiron 2.0, but someone that can give you a fraction of what Almiron gave you in the sense of turning and and going up the field. Oh, and getting on to loose balls, things like that. Yeah, stuff like that. I just I can't watch Pity do it again. I, I can't. Well, he had a I, very I, I, look. He, he, he's, he, he had a terrible game. 
A lot but of it's, players but, had bad but it's games. Not, it's, but it's 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 almost been covered up by the by the the you know the five straight games that that Atlanta had won. Mm-hmm. No, it, I agree. That's, it's it that the the he gives in those moments he's given off the illusion that he's he's better than I guess he is. But he's just it's he's just almost not doing enough. He's almost it's almost the same same except everyone agrees with me now. It's almost the same stuff we saw with with Tito. Except Tito was a little more more successful. Yeah, I could see, and and, and, and a little more, more, a little more, a little more impactful in the in the way he was scoring goals. We just haven't seen that from Pity yet. Well, Tito, I think, also such a great fit for Atlanta United style under Tata Martino, which is just run, <laughs> just just run at the other team, or that's what it became. It seemed like on the, a lot of the uh, counterattacking style that Atlanta United executed last year, but. I think now when you're looking at a Tito Vijalba and a Pity Martinez for that matter, I think they're both adapting and then trying to figure out their ways in this offense. I just I, I am ready to see him take the next step because at some point I really just don't want a Barco two point and, and and if it's Barco two point then I I I don't know if that's on coaching, I don't know if that's on on scouting. I mean, at what point do we look at Barco? And look, Barco still hasn't fully convinced me that he's that he's fully here yet. Pity definitely has not convinced me that he's fully here yet. Well, this is why it's a great thing for Atlanta United that Pity isn't going to Copa America because yeah, big time. Atlanta United needs to he needs to stay here. He needs to stay within this system. He needs to learn how to be at his best within this system. He just needs some time off. Well, that too. More than anything. But I think the only way he can do any of that is to stay with Atlanta United as opposed to getting called up for Argentina, only playing sparingly, and basically just sitting on the bench. Yeah. I am. Um, I hope he does nothing. Go go relax on the beach. Go do whatever you want. Just I almost don't want him to think about soccer for a little bit to see if maybe that snaps him out of it, that gives him the rest he needs, that that, that does it for him. Because he needs, he needs something. He needs... I think he's. I think I, he's he putting needs, too much pressure on himself because he. You can tell. But some I mean, of the, some I, remember the remember his background. It's not like the pressure bothers. The pressure shouldn't bother him. Well, Why I'm should? Not the, how should the pressure him, should bother? But him. when you put pressure on yourself, it's a lot different than external pressure because you see him getting frustrated a lot. You know, you saw when he got subbed off a couple months back or month back or whatever, and he's like slamming on the bench. He's Here's the deal. Upset. I just think he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. He's going to be with Atlanta United unless Atlanta United finds a way to sell him to somebody at some point. I'm talking like much later down the road. But he's at the point now where where he's with Atlanta United for a a large portion of the rest of his career. Right now. It's like 6 months in to him being with Atlanta United, so it's super super stupid to even consider right. that. But he's not doing himself any favors. All the discussion about him going to Europe and him wanting to have uh, been uh, kind of kind of flirted with by by European teams—that's so laughable at this point right now. Yeah, because, because he's now has the reputation of someone that needs one full year to get going. And if you it, shouldn't if, have to. If it even happens, one year out, we know that. Okay, at the very least, what I'm paying for is not seven years or whatever he ends up getting sold, whatever, let's say four years. I'm really paying for three years because the first year he's not going to be able to figure it out. So you say yeah, the first year is a wash, so we just have to accept that. Which, I mean, how, how how much would you be willing to spend on a player like that if that's the case? Not much. <laughs> right? Marco, you can excuse because he's young. He, he, you know, all the, you can explain away what what happened with Barco year one because of all the issues off the field, because of the, of the transfer itself, because of the environment, everything. Romantic overtures. You can explain that all away. Pity, I can't. I can't. I can't do that. As yeah. a South American player of the year, you should be able to walk into MLS 
walk into a team like Atlanta United, specifically Atlanta United and MLS, and give me some, I'm not saying he needs to be an all-star right away, but give me more of an impact than what you're giving me right now. Against a team, it, you, you were brought in, essentially designed, you were brought in to, to, to figure things out against a team like the Red Bulls. Oh, he's a player too. As, as a team that, yeah, well, a bunkering team. A bunkering team, I should right. say. Not a team like the Red Bulls, but a bunkering They don't team. usually bunker. But no, he, you're totally right. He was a player that was brought in to try to fix Atlanta United's difficulties in breaking down bunkering teams. It did take pity a year to get going at River Plate, but this is not River Plate. This is not, this is not Argentina. This is not River Plate. The pressure is not nearly as high. Even with Atlanta United, not nearly as high. Um, You're saying and, the pressure and, down there is more. Oh, yeah. And okay, the comp- good. I, and the, I thought and, you were going the other way around. And the, I'm and like, the, com- ah. the competition just, I'm sorry, is not the same. You're saying that if an Orlando bus was like rolling through the streets, we wouldn't throw like tear gas bombs at No. It? <laughs> that would definitely not happen. I, I can't look. I that That's... that's PD taking a year, River, that's that's something that I would could see happening. But... To me, it looks like a miss. Barco still has to convince me that it's not a miss. And I think that's a problem. Like, you, you, me, Josh, anybody that covers this team, a lot of the times, like, when we make these statements, you're totally right. You qualify it with, I think. Because I've said this before, like, I think earlier this season, if things don't change, I think Frank DeBoer was a bad hire. What happened? Things changed. He adapted a system a little bit to be a little bit more creative offensively. And that's what we saw in the five-match winning streak with the shutouts. Atlanta United was doing a lot more. They were creating a lot more. They looked a lot better. And that was an adaptation of Frank DeBoer's system. So that was something where I was jumping on him early on. He fixed it, and now I'm, I'm pretty happy with Frank DeBoer right now. And I think P.T. Martinez is the same way in terms of, yes, he's been playing poorly so far. He had a very bad game against the Red Bulls. But he's going to have a huge opportunity when Copa America rolls around and when the Gold Cup rolls around to put his stamp on things and to kind of be a focal point for this team. I just I, I would like to see more out of him in the middle of the field, middle of the, right at the top of the, of the final third, where he seems to get stuck, where he doesn't know what pass to make, where he doesn't know where to play the ball. That was Barco a lot last he year. Doesn't, I understand. And Barco, like, as, as good as he's been this year, it's, it's, it's about the long-term consistency of how he plays mm-hmm. um, and against the different kind of teams. I, he's definitely been better. I don't want to write off Barco like like he's automatically a miss, but he's still got to prove to me, me specifically. I know most of the fans are like, "Oh yeah, Barco's here." Me specifically, he still got to prove to me that he's he's he has this long term. We'll see what happens at U twenties. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens when he gets back. So it's like specifically when he's sold on Barco yet because he's only been doing I'm it like, for a short. I'm like sixty percent, seventy percent sold on Barco yeah. because again, it's just been a few matches where he's been playing excellent. And I'm like, all right, cool. I, I like what I'm seeing. Of course. I need a consistency. That's a problem. I think a lot of people, when you're, whether you're a podcast, whether you're writing articles, whether you're on TV, whatever, I think a lot of people want to live in this black or white realm, whereas there are a lot of shades of gray. There's a lot of layers, a lot of things to kind of break down here, and things can be fluid. You can think one thing one week, and then something happens and changes that to change your perception. And I think that's what's happened for me with Barco. I think that's what's happened with, with me for Frank DeBoer. You know, these are guys that at times were struggling in their roles, but seem to be flourishing in them now. I would love to be, I would love for Pity to figure this out and me be like, you know what? I was, I'm not going to say wrong because I still think. It's just thinking. It's, it's just not, your opinion. It's not any definitive, how you see it right now. right now because I know that there's still time for Pity to turn it around. 
The problem is the longer this goes where he still hasn't figured it out, the longer I'm like, we're never going to be able to sell this kid. I don't know if that ever was the long-term plan, but we're not going to be able to do anything with this kid. And we paid him all this money. It is weird that at his age, winning South American Player of the Year, there wasn't a lot from Europe, if anything. You wonder why that was. That's the one thing that we're and, – and that is what kind of gives, at least from my perspective, validity to what you're saying because, again, this wasn't a 19-, 20-, 21-year-old player. This is a guy who's now in his mid-20s. He, he, does, he does something for Atlanta United. The, 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 the chances he does help create are things that, that he does well. But – we haven't scored nearly the number of goals that we've scored last year. We're not even close to being on pace to that. Um, a lot of our games are still one nothing matches that we kind of have to eke out at the end. It, his production, while good, while his numbers look good, on paper at least, or look better than 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 he looks on uh, you know visually, it's not producing enough for me to be like, oh yeah, he's worth all the money, and, and I don't. I, I I watch him and I'm like I don't know how this changes, because I, I feel like MLS has already figured you out. You don't got the speed. Right now you can't prove that you can pass anyone. Well, the thing is he's not as tricky of a player as Almiron was. Even though Almiron was kind of predictable too. Sure, but he had the speed to kind of help him out in those situations. Yeah, I was gonna say the sometimes you can predict out all the time. You can predict all you want, but there are some things that you can't prepare for, and that's Miguel Almiron running at you full speed. Yeah, the best thing about Almiron is that he's deceptively strong on the ball, and and his speed was mm-hmm. uh, he's deceptively quick as well because someone that lengthy and kind of skinny, and you don't expect him to be like super fast. Yeah, um, it's, but, just, look, it's I, just so I, funny to me though that this. I feel like I'm having deja vu. Because this conversation we're having right now about Pitti feels exactly like the one that we're all having about. One hundred percent hope it, it it ends the same way. <laughs> Hopefully, it ends the same way that uh, that it ended with. Well, it's it's going with Barco at least, right. where at least it looks like it's turning no around. No ends yet. No ends. Joseph Martinez draws the red card. You mean Cisco? The hair. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> the company? <laughs> no, seriously, man. When when he came out with that silver hair. I mean, I'm just gonna say the thong song popped in my head. Yeah, I, now that you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, I fully see Cisco now. But see, he looks. Thank you. He looks just like Cisco. He draws the foul on Tim Parker that uh, reduces Red Bulls to ten men. What'd you think of the foul? I thought soft. extremely soft. <laughs> I mean, letter of the law, sure, absolutely, hundred percent. He he denied an obvious goal scoring opportunity because he impeded Joseph's progress. I mean, if you're going by textbook definition of dogzo, yep. that was it, and yep. therefore he deserved it. Fully agree. I would almost agree. I would almost argue that that uh, by by allowing advantage, by allowing play to continue, by playing advantage, you're actually doing a favor to well, Tim Joseph Parker. Well, Joseph may score, and Parker stays on. The yeah, field. then that becomes maybe maybe not even a card because you obviously didn't deny the goal scoring opportunity because he scored. Yeah, you can't <laughs> you can't go dogzo if the person ends up scoring. So it was interesting. <laughs> I, 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 it was, again, I watched and I was like, oh, wow, that is, I would be so mad. It was soft. I would be so mad if I was a Red Bulls fan. But, letter of the law, you're right. It, and it ended up working out better for them because, in all honesty, them bunkering and playing with everybody behind the ball and just looking for their chances like they did, that might have been the play against Atlanta United because if they hadn't have gone down to 10 men, the game might have stayed way more open. You would have had uh, more opportunities for Tito, for Gressel, for 
Um, Deion Pereira, when he came in, Joseph would have been much more open up top. Um, you would have opened up the midfield a little better so that Nagby maybe can get involved in the attack. That just wasn't the case. And what you saw was Pity received the ball essentially at the top of the, the, the final third and didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, And that's where a lot of the turnovers came in. You saw a lot of force play out wide. And why is that? Because that's exactly where all – no Red Bulls aren't stupid. The coaches at MLS aren't stupid. They know that Atlanta United – Cannot play from outside on the wings. Save it for that one leg where Chris Armis just completely threw everything off. Yeah, except for that. But <laughs> outside of that, DC United has figured out push push uh, Atlanta United out wide, and they can't. They have no idea what to do with you. Force uh, put every defender centrally, and and for and force Atlanta United to go out wide, and, and Atlanta United has no idea what to do. And that is exactly what what the Red Bulls did here. Well, they also are very very ineffective crossing the ball into the box. So if you do force them out wide, Joseph is great in the air. But he's great when he's not surrounded by a bunch of other. He, oh, right, he, he can jump higher than all of them. I'm not taking away like when you're on the counter attack and you, you you're using he's a great numbers. Tool. Yeah, but that's the thing. Atlanta United doesn't really do that anymore. Or at least and, and they definitely don't do it as much. definitely weren't doing it against the Red Bulls in this case. I just I didn't see enough from and look, no one played well in the attack. Tito didn't do well. Gressel didn't do well. Uh, Dion Pereira, look, he had he had a couple moments, but he didn't play long enough to really make a lasting impact. Um. The one really good moment from Breck Shea was that cross that I have no idea what Pity was doing. Oh, man, when he tried to hit it with his left foot. I don't quite understand what that was. Was it holding on the broadcast? It's a diving header, and that goes yeah. in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. But, that that I mean, that was a moment where, yeah, you expect to score. You, you expect a Joseph Martinez to round the keeper. And, look, I'll say that, sure, you give up one to, uh, to Tom Barlow and, and the Red Bulls. But, my gosh, you score your chances. You're not worried about that. You're not worried about the goal you give up. I mean, I think when... Finishing is a huge problem for this team right now. I think when they went down to 10 men, at that point, anything less than a draw becomes unacceptable. I was I was still okay with a draw. Because I knew... Well, exa- I'm saying anything I, I knew, less than that. I knew, like, so if you lost the game... I knew when, 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 it, when Red Bulls went down to 10 men, I knew for, for a fact that this was going to happen. Uh, and as soon as that... As soon as... Tim Parker gets sent off. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're, we're, there's no way we're going to win it against this team. Well, thing, we they're know they're that. solid defensively. They're solid enough to where as soon as you go to 10 men, 10 men and, you, and you force Red Bulls to bunker, there's, 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 Atlanta doesn't have the players yet. Well, we know that in whether, the past, whether they don't have, they don't have Barco, they don't have Pity. They, they, Pitt, well, Barco's obviously not here. Pity can't do it. Tito's not a guy that, again, he's not good in tight spaces. I don't care what you send me, what, what videos you give me. <laughs> he's not consistently good in tight spaces. This match proved that. He's not consistently good in tight spaces. Consistently being the key word. You want him outside the box, take a take a 35-foot rocket, I'm all for it. You want to send him on a run down the middle of the field, I'm all for it. But I mean, the whole team, the, the whole attack was bad at that against the Red Bulls. Nobody could get anything once they bunkered in. I, I my, my point stands. <laughs> Tito's consistently bad 1v1 in tight spaces. Well, and especially when the Red Bulls bunkered in. I mean, look. Look, we, so is Pity right now. No, you're right. But we or at know, least in this match. We've known in the past that this team is not good at breaking down bunker, and that's fine. But that doesn't excuse the fact that they lost to a Red Bulls team that had 10 men. Oh, yeah. No, I, they should have won this match. They yeah. should have found a way to, to win. They should have. They should have. Look, Joseph finishes chances. Finishes his chances, and then we're talking about a different story. One of those corners gets gets properly placed in the box. We're talking about a different story. Um, how many corners do they have? Like some ten plus. We are the worst you, corner you, team I've ever seen. We're the worst set piece team. Well, I know I've ever seen. I mean, it's just it's 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 it's, it's not bad. just corners. It's direct on goal free kicks. Like like we have players on our team that can make those. 
Other than that, nothing. Barkley's the only saving grace, and even he's not that great of him, Adam, in my opinion. No, we're, we're we're just a Atlanta United is a bad team at set pieces. That that is not a hot take. That is accurate. That that that's a fact. Um, what else? I thought defensively they were fine. Look, you had a momentary lapse from uh, Miles Robinson from Franco Escobar. I'm not sure what. I don't know if there was some miscommunication there or or if that was Franco just letting his letting Tom Barlow run. I'm I'm not sure what Franco Escobar did there. Miles Robinson, I don't think expected the need to cover him. Uh, I do think he was a little bit out of position, but I don't think he needed to cover him. And Brad Guzan, while I agree he should have done better, that is a lot harder of a ball to stop to anticipate than I think a lot of people are are, are understanding. Um, I've seen other goalkeepers out there talk about how that that should have it should have been done better how when you come out you got to come out all the way there's no hesitation all that stuff I I 100% agree with this with the statements it didn't seem like he was committed however I hadn't there was he was not he was shifting over from one one end of the goal to the other he had to and that ball he's not anticipating that ball <laughs> to drop in front of him he's anticipating that ball upper 90 to his right to his left he's not anticipating coming right at him he's not anticipating that ball to to land in front of him and dribble past him. That moment where it looks like he he like freezes, that's that, oh, this is not what I was expecting at all. Mm-hmm. This was like the 1% thing I thought might happen in this situation, and that's where Tom Barlow just happens. I mean, Tom Barlow, all he does is throws his head out there. It ha- The ball happens to hit his head, he got a head and it dribbles. And look, all credit to Tom Barlow for, for putting himself in that position to make the goal. I'm not, I'm not discrediting or, or, or lessening what he did. He had to be there, and he had to make the move. He had to make the athletic play. But to absolutely crap on Guzan and go all, oh, where's Alec Can? All that's that, that's nonsense. That's, that's going a, a little too far. That's a lot. That's a much harder ball to anticipate, given the weight and how it bounced and where it bounced. Uh, than I think a lot of people understand. Now, once it did bounce and once he realized where it was going, he probably could have done a better job. At least attempted to make it look like he was putting forth more of an effort to swat that ball out of out of out of the net. Yeah, and I think that's what probably. It leads looks a lot it of people looks bad. It didn't look I agree. Good. It looks bad, but it's a lot harder of a ball to judge. I, I think, think he would tell you the same thing. I think you can feel like he should have done better, but you can also feel like he should not be replaced by Alec Can. How about that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would agree with you. <laughs> Last couple matches, though, his distribution has been great. I, I'm, I'm not really worried about that aspect of it. I just can't. <laughs> the, the thought of replacing Brad Guzan because of that, I. I'm not with you on that one because if you score on your chance, because you finish your chances, you're not. You, we're not having this discussion. We talk about how, oh man, that that was that didn't look great for Brad, but we're not also cr- crapping on him for for a. It, it's still a tough, tough position to be in, uh, given how that ball bounced. People like to find a place to blame, man. You know, you lose a game, somebody's got to get it blamed happens. for it. <laughs> what else is there? I mean, Joseph misses more shots that he should have easily put in. We can go back to that one. I think more than anything, though, when you look at getting ready for the next game, it's A, you have to have such a short-term memory. I mean, you got to put this completely behind you. And B, um, you know, RSL, Real Salt Lake, much different in how they're going to go about their business. Although, you know, this may be something where they are a team that looks at Delight United, looks at what happened when Red Bull started bunkering, and they may say, you know what? Instead of just doing that when you go down to ten men, we're going to do that from the beginning of the game and see what they can do. I wouldn't be surprised. They've got uh, they've scored eighteen, given up twenty. They're obviously negative two goal differential. They got sixteen points on twelve matches played, 
Five wins, one draw, six losses. It's they're barely holding on to a playoff spot right now. I super early. I don't even know why I say it say it like that, but barely holding off to a playoff spot. Uh, a win against Toronto FC, a win against Colorado, and where they gave up two goals. And who know. isn't beating those teams? I don't know how. Uh, before that, they lost to Portland, and um, they gave up two to LA Galaxy. So it's they're not they're obviously not the best team, but they're probably right on par with where I think Atlanta United is in terms of results. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They are not the same teams, obviously, but when you look at how they've gone about the the start of the season, or at least the early portions of the season first third of the season, then you're looking at something a little similar where they're still trying to figure things out, I think, for for 2019. I think Atlanta United not having Barco is obviously a big loss. I think it's more of a big loss than I think maybe we anticipated, considering we all thought we would be able to kind of replace him right away. And I'm not saying he hasn't been worthless. Don't get me wrong. But what I am saying is that uh, it's not Barco. Barco would Certainly be, not. Barco would have been much better in a situation, uh, in Tito's situation, against the Red Bulls than obviously Tito would have been. I would have loved to have seen that and seen maybe how he spread things out for, for pity in the middle of the field. That's 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 what I felt was missing is someone on the edge that could really take on a defender 1v1 because Gressel, Tito, they weren't doing that. Atlanta Deion United. Pereira kind of did that toward the end. Yeah. Um, and you saw where he could be valuable moving forward. Maybe he gets a start um, in place of Tito who won't be there for RSL on Friday, 9 o'clock. Uh, but... We'll see. We'll see how that works out. You could also put in Justin Miram, um, Joseph. You expect to play. Pity. You expect to play. Gressel. You expect to play. Um, the normal back line. I. F- I feel like maybe Breck Shea gets a start as opposed to Michael Parkhurst. Yeah, you just switch, kind of rotate that around. Remedi probably back in there. Nagby back in there like normal. Um, that's what I would expect from Atlanta United. Heading into maybe Carlton gets a start. Maybe say, not having gets... Tito certainly opens up a spot for someone, and uh, it's just kind of twiddling your thumbs, waiting around for Barco to get back. Atlanta United now because it was U twenties. I mean, they weren't under the obligation; they didn't have to release them, did they? Uh, they didn't have to, but I mean, obviously they were going to because it's a big opportunity he... for him. But I'm saying because it wasn't a full interna- or a full yeah. like full international or whatever, they weren't under obligation to release him for this, right? So. But it's good for Barco because Absolutely. at some point you you plan on selling Barco, especially if he kind of bounces back from the from the year he had last year. Well, if a player wants to go to something like that and you say no, then well, you're creating think, a rift. That and I'm sure I'm sure that has something to do with it. But at the same time, he's such he was such an impact. He was so impactful on this with Atlanta United in these last in the last two matches before he left. I mean, you're definitely seeing he was hot. What it's like for him not to be here for sure. Oh, for sure. I think Red Bulls again. I'll say it again. Red Bulls would have been a perfect match for him to really show what he can do in those situations where, you know, you got a bunkering you have a bunkering team, and you've got a guy like Pity who can pick out a pass. Like I'm not saying he doesn't have the talent, but he can he can do these things. He just for whatever reason can't figure out when, how, uh, why not, why he can't, whatever. But having someone like Barco that can that can open up some space for for Pity that would have been huge. Someone that he can play one twos with a lot better than he could with maybe Gressel or, or Tito. Um, that's huge. Someone that can kind of rotate with him in and outside of the middle of the field, that's huge. Uh, that's just, That wasn't there against Red Bulls. That hasn't been in the last couple of matches. Maybe once he comes back, they find a better rhythm, and that gets going. We'll see what happens with against RSL. Um, I don't really want to make any predictions because 
I'll say one nothing if, if I got to make a prediction. One nothing Atlanta United. They find a way to scrap a, a three points on the road. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's bounce back time. I think Atlanta United. It, it's going to be tough. I, I think because RSL probably going to be taking a cue from Red Bulls there when they went down to ten men, probably putting a lot behind the ball. Hopefully, Atlanta United can can figure something out, can can break through a bunker somehow, and then put some points on the board. I don't mind seeing less chances created if it means that three of the five chances created are our goals our finishes i don't mind seeing two chances created if both of them are, are end up in the back of the net i don't care about how many chances are created i just want this team to start finishing again yeah, i want to see things going on frame i want to see uh uh even if it's a small number of chances those being incredibly dangerous chances that uh that result in in something uh, well, this I, team I'm, certainly I'm, is more selective in their in their shot taking. Yeah, but uh, you're still creating the same, at least, maybe not in the same frequency as as you were uh, last few years. But you're still creating the same moments for Joseph Martinez. You're still finding those moments for Vijalba. You're still finding those moments for for Gressel to to lob in across. Um, you're still finding moments for Joseph to to run onto a ball in the air and, and try to head it in. For whatever reason, those balls just aren't hitting, bouncing the right way. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's time for that to change. It's time for that to be a focus of Frank DeBoer, a focus for this team. Finish your chances. Finish yep. chances. Get this. Get these games done with early. Uh, that way, you're not scrambling the last 15, 20 minutes to to you know using up your energy to try to save three points um, after just scoring one in the first seventy five. We'll see what happens. That'll do it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week. They play. Friday, yeah, I guess and they don't play until next Wednesday, right? Yeah, pot will be Thursday, probably. In all likelihood. We'll see. Uh, you can find me at Eric G. Quintana. At Sam, Sam J. J. Franco. Franco. Josh is at Josh B 914 Follow us on the podcast at MOTS Podcast. And donate to the podcast, patreon.com slash MOTS Podcast. For those of you that uh, made it this far, um, just a reminder, tell your friends. I'm sure if you're listening this far, then you, you probably already know by now. To listen to the podcast, you actually have to go to Dirty South Soccer. Uh, look for Dirty South Soccer, the podcast, on whatever your podcatcher is. Yeah, it's on like iTunes. a podcast network or whatever. It's uh, yeah, we're hooked up with uh, Five Strike Final, so we both pop up, pop onto the same stream. Um, yeah, same feed. Same feed. Yeah, mm-hmm. look us up there, and uh, you'll be able to get all of our episodes. All right, very simple. That does it for us. Until next time, see you later, Lana. <laughs> <laughs>